Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. I read an article in the Moscow Times earlier this week, and it really caught my attention. The headline is, The World Must Not Repeat the Mistakes that the Allies Made at the End of World War I. And in the article, the author writes in part, The events in Ukraine are painfully reminiscent of the suppression of the Czechoslovak and Hungarian uprisings and the attack of Hitler's Germany on Poland. Now, Andrei Movchan also writes, uh, Putin is engaging in, quote, half-crazed rhetoric, and he and his coterie are declaring their right to employ massacre and destruction. Andrei Movchan is the founder of the investment company Movchan Group and an expert at Carnegie Moscow Center. Mr. Movchan, thank you very much. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for inviting me to. Let me just start, uh, let me convert your the first paragraph in your piece into a question. You wrote, never before in human history has a terrorist taken tens of millions of people hostage at once and threatened all of humanity with destruction. The world is facing a new level of threat, one that has clearly been gathering steam for years before suddenly and violently bursting into view. It is understandable, therefore, why the response of a stunned world community has so far fallen short. Even now, it remains piecemeal and indecisive. Apparently, the politicians of the U.S., the EU, and NATO are still viewing the situation through the prism of their own ideas about state structure, domestic politics, and geopolitical strategies. Okay, so the West is saying, as you well know, we have lowered massive sanctions on Mr. Putin and uh, his pals, and they're going to feel the pain, and they will react in a way that we expect them to. You, though, are saying they're just playing into Putin's hands. Tell us, please. Uh, well, um, the problem is that current Russia is vastly different from, from what the Western democracies are. Mr. Putin is a dictator who doesn't care much about the economic prosperity of the country. And people in Russia do not care that much of the economic prosperity either. The uh, country is full of ideas. The country is ideological. And the situation uh, is, uh, is, is too, too fierce and too harsh to uh, allow the, the society to, to care about the economic situation at all. Um, Putin does not care about his assets abroad. He might not have assets abroad at all. His oligarchs have no voice and no power to change anything. And even if they lose everything abroad, they can be compensated by, by the assets inside the country. Um, the country is managed by the, um, uh, by, by the army and the FSB, which is the, uh, the hair of KGB, the famous KGB of the Soviet times. And these people think about the geopolitical forces and the superiority of the country rather than uh, the, the economic substances. Uh, on top of that, Russia still sells oil and gas abroad, and the proceeds from oil and gas are more than enough to uh, compensate for the, for the needs to, to import into the country. Uh, last year, the Russian currency reserves grew uh, at about... Uh, $50 billion, uh, which meant that even at the lower prices of oil and gas, and now the prices are higher, uh, Russia was making money on the exports, um, bringing more dollars into the country than it was used for, for the imports. With that regard, no reserves are needed. They, they can feed themselves with the current sales. Um, and it, when the society is not uh, vulnerable to, to the economic changes, 
these economic sanctions are rather uh, making people believe that the Western countries are hostile, really, and do not want Russia to prosper, uh, then stop Putin. Okay, so if I can just back this up a little bit uh, and, and go to the one of the sentences in your first paragraph. The world is facing a new level of threat, one that has clearly been gathering steam for years and suddenly and violently bursting into view. The timing of Putin's attack on Ukraine was not accidental. This was premeditated, I gather, and it's been in the works for some time. Uh, I, I don't have the precise information, of course, and I am not a military expert, uh, and it's very hard to me to comment. But from the economic standpoint, of course, Europe is mostly vulnerable now. The prices of gas are very high, and the dependence on Russian gas is very high. And the world economy is weakened by the coronavirus. And if I were the, the strategic advisor, the economy advisor to Mr. Putin, and I had to, um, uh, to find out the, the best time for such an invasion, I would probably point at, at that date. Okay. Now, if I can ask you to take us inside the power structure in Russia today, the power structure of Mr. Putin, who has appointed his buddies as the heads of the FSB, the successor to the KGB, the heads of uh, national and international commerce, and the heads of the judiciary, pretty much covers everything. When you, when you have that kind of power structure, he has his friends in these particular positions of authority and influence, a few thousand people. How does this work? How does it, how does this, how does this group manage to govern and control the entirety of Russia? Well, it's it, it's hard to uh, describe it in all the details because it, it it inherits the Soviet style of the bureaucracy, uh, the administrative structure which was developed by by Mr. Stalin, and 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 then by by uh, people who who took over from him, uh, and at the same time uh, it works um, like a gangster syndicate, so everybody is um, is is watching everybody. And if somebody wants to defect, the person would be reported to, to Mr. Putin before he, he can act. Because everybody is, is, is afraid of being reported and, and losing his power. There, there were a couple of stories about people who tried to do that. Um, they, they generally were in jail. One of them, Mr. Ulukaev, is now in jail servicing an, an eight-year-long sentence. Uh, and, and people just do not want to, uh, to be the victims of the regime. And on the other hand, they are richly rewarded by what they do. The, lo the loyalty in, in Putin's Russia is rewarded by, uh, by the ability to make profits from, from the enterprises with the exclusive licenses, uh, with the governmental contracts, uh, the, uh, the right to, uh, to build businesses, the right to collect money from the budget, um, uh, the the more the more the time goes, the the more these people are Russia centric. They they stopped to accumulate their wealth abroad. They started to move it back to to build uh, businesses and and big real estate complexes uh, inside Russia. And that's that was not accidental. Actually, Putin was was accurately preparing the these people for uh, for the for the closing of the country. Okay, Mr. Mofchan, in the West, as you well know, better than I do, but in the West, a decline in prosperity 
and we're looking at it now, a decline in prosperity is dangerous territory for politicians. It's dangerous territory for governments that are caught in two- and four-year election cycles. So they try to respond. They try to keep the population happy. They try to make sure that their poll numbers don't sink too far. But you write in your piece in the Moscow Times, the decline in prosperity in Russia is met with greater repression, hatred, and rabid propaganda, and that the EU sanctions actually help Putin and his cronies retain control of the Russian population. How does that work? Uh, well, it works completely the same way as it works in Venezuela, for example, or in Iran. Uh, in, in the Western countries, there are natural competition for power. There are competing forces uh, accusing each other of the, of the country problems and trying to, to win the majority of the voters. Uh, in Russia, any competition was, uh, was cut off uh, long ago. Uh, the last real opposition uh, parties were closed uh, at about 10 to, to 11 years ago. Uh, some of their leaders were expelled, some of them were killed. Uh, and um, the, the present Duma, cons- uh, the, 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 the Congress, Russian Congress called Duma, um, uh, consists of about five to six parties. All of them are, are puppet parties. Uh, the, uh, they are not real opposition. Uh, and, and because of that, uh, there is nobody to uh, point the, the public attention to the mistakes or, or mis, misgivings of, of, the, of the ruling people. Um, at the same time, there is a massive propaganda, like, like in the Soviet Union, and that propaganda blames uh, West for, uh, for the negative uh, attitude towards Russia and for the, for the massive attempts to, uh, to make the life inferior. Uh, and when the economic problems arise and appear, uh, people, all the people are explained, then that's, that's because of the uh, hostile actions of the West. That's not because of the problems or mistakes of the government. And the government still tries to do the best and does the best in the circumstances, uh, but the circumstances are hostile. And because the West is so hostile, we need to take the, the actions to defend. And the invasion in Ukraine is one of the actions. And if, if we didn't invade Ukraine, the NATO would have inv- in, invaded Russia in, in a matter of days, uh, because Ukraine was ready to start the invasion. And uh, actually, the nuclear weapons were already in the Ukraine to attack Russia. And, and many people believe that. It's hard to, to believe when you look from outside, but about 60% of Russian people support the invasion and the war, even when they're said that it comes at the, at the expense of the deteriorating economy. So Putin's a terrorist. I agree with you on that. I mean, how can you not? Do you have fears that he has intent, regardless of what may happen on the ground in Ukraine over the next days, that he has intent to move forward, challenge NATO militarily, and really create a maelstrom, create what many people are very concerned about, and that's a a global war. Uh, Again, uh, I cannot uh, be a good judge for that. I I never met Mr. Putin personally. I don't know what's on his mind. My impression is uh, that Mr. Putin doesn't need the the world dominance. Uh, he, He needs to show the victories to his people. Uh, he needs to be a, a successful leader of the gang, uh, and, and and if he can't sell uh, the affair in Ukraine as a victory to 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 the citizens of Russia, 
and to his cronies, uh, he will be completely satisfied for a time period, for a time being. Uh, so ima imagine he, uh, he captures 60% uh, of the Ukrainian territory uh, and, and, and faces uh, fierce, uh, um, fierce struggle with, with the Ukrainians. And at, at some point of time, he doesn't want to lose more troops or, and, and techniques and, and the economic situation becomes worse. He can stop, he can declare that all the, all the goals are, are met um uh, occupy uh the the eastern ukraine uh, declare it as a demilitarized zone uh the, the neutral zone put the puppet government there um and, and and get back to to regroup uh and to wait until the sanctions are are lifted in some part and the budget is is fixed and, and the situation in the country uh becomes normal uh, and play and plan the next attack. And the next attack may be maybe northern Kazakhstan or it may be Estonia or or something else. Because his his, his regime needs the the, the constant um, uh, going from one victory to another victory. The inflation of the country, uh, the the whole ideology of the regime is based on that. Uh, and the first time he's defeated, and everybody sees he's defeated, he loses his power because that's that's the law of the gangsters uh, groups the uh, uh, the leader loses the power when when he's defeated and okay. he understands that well so we need a real big alcatraz for this guy um that's that's bad but in a way it fits it's metaphorically probably correct but you write in your piece depriving the kremlin of what it needs to retain control and project power the group that's in there now putin and his friends it's reduced to two, th uh, three things. What are they? Uh, well, I, I don't remember what, what's written in the article, actually. Uh, so I, I can comment on, on what I think about that. Um, I think Putin uses uh, the, uh, the financial resources to build his military and to project control over the country. He uses the, the Russian human resources, and, and uh, the human resources of Russia are rich. Uh, and uh, he, he uses the uh the allies in in the world and the the biggest ally for today is, is china uh, china essentially allows putin to to do what he does um it, obviously the the first consequence of the actions of putin is the reliance of russia and the dependence on, of russia on on china but probably he doesn't uh um he doesn't fear that he is he's he's ready to uh to go for that uh and uh, and obviously the most uh, most vulnerable resource is a human resource. Uh, the engineers, the IT specialists, the scientists, um, the uh, intelligent managers, people who um, who work with the administrative structure within the administrative structure. And that's why actually I, I wrote that uh, I thought the, the Western actions were counterproductive in that field. Um, the West tried to cut the the middle class of Russia off its deposits in the European Union. Uh, it started to impose the, uh, the strict limitations to the visa programs. Uh, instead of that, I think the West should think of accommodating as many Russians as possible, specifically the, uh, the professionals, uh, the scientists, people who understand how to add value to the country. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green.
Have a great weekend.